What's going on, everybody? This is Cooper here from the Backpins. Unfortunately, due to scheduling, we do not have James with us today, but it's been a crazy busy week. I've been from Sioux Falls to Everett, Washington, Tacoma, Washington, and Tulsa, Oklahoma in the span of about 10 days. The PBR has been rolling strong, putting on bull riding, so I've been helping with this run and it's created a big headache for us as far as trying to get content to you guys. So I just wanted to explain all that of why we're not having a normal episode here today. But instead, what I did is I started working on an interview mix-up where we're going to have highlights from each guest we've had on this podcast so far and just kind of put different clips in there that kind of talk about different things. I think you guys will enjoy it. We apologize for the lack of regular content. We will get back to normal next week. I will be in North Dakota by Sunday, so that will definitely give us enough time to get an episode out early next week. But without further ado, grab them slides, boys, because we're coming at you from the back pins. Our first interview we're going to have in this mix-up episode is going to be Cord McCoy. Cord was a really fun guy to interview. Number one, he's a great guy. And if you can't get along with Cord, I, you might want to check yourself because Cord's an awesome guy. He's always got a smile on his face. Just an all-around great guy. And on top of that, he not only rode bulls at the highest level, but he's a contractor at that level now. And he's newly appointed coach of the Oklahoma Freedom for the uh, PBR team series. So there's a lot of interesting stuff we got when we interviewed Cord about a month ago, six weeks ago. And so I just kind of pulled some of the, the highlights, I think. Cord's interview had a little bit of everything in it. We talked about his rodeo days. We talked about his bulls and, and being a stock contractor now. And we also get into the new PBR team series. So there's a, there's a little bit for everybody in this one, so sit back and enjoy it. I am here with five-time IPRA world champion, a 2005 NFR bull riding qualifier, six times of the PBR finals, three times on the amazing race, PBR and PRCA stock contractor, had his own TV show on RFD TV, and newly appointed coach of the Oklahoma Freedom and all-around great guy, Cord. How's it going? Oh, it's go it's going good, Coop. All of that all of that stuff kind of ran together until the very last comment. All around great guy. That 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 meant more to me than all the rest. And so we we've kind of played the weather. I had to get up and load bulls at three o'clock in the morning to just try to beat the first ice storm that, that rolled in here. So we've been uh, feel like we've been kind of you know locked up in a in a hotel room for a couple of days just getting ready to ride bulls. I, I feel like we made the right decision though. The bulls been here in Searcy, Arkansas, they've been cuddled up, laying on shavings for about three days. So they're going to, they're, they're ready to buck. I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited about it. We did make that mistake. I think went to Milwaukee and ran into a couple of storms. The bulls, they spent, uh, you know, way longer on the truck than I, I really felt comfortable with. Uh, we got there, you know, they had to sleep on frozen ground. Uh, and I, I think it's, it's events like that and those bulls buck and you, know, you win bull of the event and stuff, you know, the experience they've had the last three and four days. That's when you're so proud of them. But, uh, you know, I, I guess if you make the same mistake twice, that's when you're, you're kind of making a problem. Going off of your riding days, was the plan always to become a stock contractor? Or did that just kind of fall into place? No, it, 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 uh, it, it definitely fell into place. Uh, I feel like I've, I've been blessed kind of just being the right spot at the right time quite a bit. You know, even the last year that I rode, uh, I, I don't think I even thought that much about that. I think I was at JW Hard Invitational in Decatur, and I'd, as I'd got on a bull and got bucked off. I was dragging my bag back to the truck, and the guy chased me down. I was like, hey, you want this check? You want this check? And I was like, what are you talking about? He said, well, your bull won second and had me check for like 4500 bucks. And it kind of hit me like a train. I'm like, what the heck am I doing? You know, why? I've got a, a good set of bulls, and I, I felt like I'd, I was getting in the bull's way. Like the bulls needed to be at the top events, and and I was, you know, I needed to go to a, to a lower lower level. And I'd always told myself that, you know, I want, I wanted to quit at the top. I've seen so many of those guys ride their way all the way to the top and then, you know, work their way all the way back down to riding your local open rodeo, you know, at, at 50 years old. And I was like, I just, I, I just, I told me I was not going to do that as much as I loved it. I was not going to do that. So I kind of stepped out of the bull's way in the same arena there at the ranch that had been my practice pen for how many years became the bull's training facility. Um, and the, the first couple of years, I'd raise these bulls up 
and uh, I'd train them, kind of get them to the PBR, and then I'd swap them. I mean, I'd sell them to you know Chad Berger, KBRC, DNH. You know and that th- this kind of changed just a couple of years ago, where you know they were they were controlling the price, they were controlling how much my bull was worth. I mean, I would I would get those bulls and they would come right out of the PBR finals. They'd be like, ah, oh, thirty five hundred, but I had you know no other uh, you know ways to go about it. Other other people buying them. And I still remember sitting there in Vegas thinking, well, I can haul them just like you can. You know, th- I mean, this is as recent as three years ago. And now we're here in Little Rock with 17 head on the on the roster. And it felt like it it, it started from just those guys picking the, picking the price. To go back for the rodeo, the McCoy rodeo deal, uh, you know, we've got a lot of young bulls coming up that, that need jobs. And, uh, you know, that's where the, the rodeo thing came from. But being a, an old rodeo guy, Man, you just you don't you don't you don't want to go produce any rodeo and bring a bunch of bulls to try out. So those other bulls still need to practice because when we're producing a rodeo, it says right on the top, you know, McCoy Rodeo, produce the best event we can. Uh, you know, we try to we try to line them up for for success. And uh, pretty proud of that. Last year we had six rodeos. And, I mean, they were some good hopping, spinning bulls. Uh, you know, kind of no no re-ride bulls, and it, you know everybody got a shot to win. What what I would want, and when I'm when I'm in the pasture of bulls and pins, uh, creating that roster, I'm like, this guy might not add as much money as as, as Houston, San Antonio, Denver, but if I enter towards rodeo, I know I'm going to go get on a good bull, and I, I always keep that in mind when we're building that roster. Absolutely. And I, I know that bull riders today do pay attention to that stuff, especially on the rodeo end. If they don't like a pen of bulls, they're not going to go. So yep. that's a really Another, good way to keep numbers up for sure. Yeah. They're going to tell, they're going to tell their friend too. You're in little rock and you're not only competing with some of your top end bulls, like riding solo, diddy, wah, diddy and all that. You're busting out some young ones in the classic, uh, round tonight. How much different is it for you as a contractor bringing these classic bulls to these kind of events? Because it's such a change from a normal bull riding or normal event when you get them in that environment with the loud music, the pyro, and then the pressure that these guys put on these bulls. What are you looking for to know that a bull is ready or how nervous does it make you get when you're not quite sure about a bull? Yeah, you do. You do get more nervous uh, than anything. I mean, it's, it's like, uh, you know, it's like your, your little kid. I mean, you can, you can show them, teach them, you know, walk them through it. Um, you know, it was starting to rain and snow at the house there. And, uh, you know, I, I give, you know, one last walkthrough on some of the, the younger bulls, uh, b- before they came here. I mean, that's, that's, that's your thought and your, your pressure on you, but, um, it's like Tulsa time, you know, he grew up right there on the ranch. You feel like, you know, every experience that he's had, you know, all his, all his twerks about him that, uh, make him change, make him click. There, there's no real good way to find out other than put his name on the list, let one of the top 35 riders guys get on him and open the gate. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. But you try to prep those bulls, I mean, as as much as you can. But uh, more than I, when I used to ride, you'd wait till Tuesday or Wednesday for that draw list to come out. And now I'm a stock contractor and I sit there and hit refresh, 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 refresh. <laughs> you know, like, like I, I got to see who's got what bull. And so that you're, you're kind of, kind of playing that game. Even when we're, when we're feeding those bulls last night, you're like, oh man, you know, not moves has got chase outlaw, you know, don't, don't give him too much. This is, this is, this is for the win, you know? And so you, you know, you're trying to prep those bulls for it, but, uh, it's like, it's like being a, being a baseball coach. So when you're, when you're building that roster, some, some guys make the team and some guys don't, and, and you have the pressure to, you, you make that decision. And if, if you put his name on that list, you're standing beside it and it says, you know, Cord McCoy. And it'll say either Cord McCoy did good or Cord McCoy screwed up. You guys put so much time, effort, and resources into making these bulls or giving them as best a chance as they can have to succeed. I think the average fan watching on TV doesn't realize that. And it makes total sense to me that it probably gets more nerve wracking to watch your bull go than to ride, be riding days, because so much of it's out of your control. All you can do is have that bull in as good a shape possible and healthy. And he's, the rest is up to him. Is that the way it is? It's a lot more nerve wracking to watch them than versus when you were riding. It is. And, uh, you know, you feel like you, as a rider, you train and train and then you, then you just crawl over there and do your job. And when I get up in the morning, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, each of these bulls and what they need, how they're, how they're feeling. And then it, as soon as they buck, you're scratching your head of like, you know, what to do next, you know, where does he go next? 
you know, how do, how do I make changes to, you know, to get that little quarter point better than, than what he's performing today. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think there's a lot more pressure being a stock contractor, but it sure doesn't hurt near as bad. One of the bulls that probably everybody that watches BBR knows of is 612 riding solo. And he's currently tied with Whoopa as the world or the lead in the world title bull race. Yep. And we were talking off air. These two have dueled previously. This is not a, this is not a new thing. When was the first time these two really battled? Was it their two-year-old year? I think, I think, uh, they had to run into each other their two-year-old year, but you know, Whoopa was a, I think he had a better yearling year. And then, of course, riding solo won the world title the two-year-old year. You know, Wupal kind of, I would say, more developed as a three-year-old. Solo went to the PBR World Finals as a three-year-old. But as far as the public actually introducing those two bulls together would have been, um, you know, maybe the the, the fall of uh, their four-year-old year, the classic finals, when they kind of dueled it out. When we, you know, that's when we run to South Dakota the weekend before and then turn around and run back. You know, and the, the funny thing is, uh, Laramie Wilson, the guy that, pulls the trigger on Wupal, you know, there were several weekends that it, even the fraternity year or classic year that we, we'd have to go somewhere else. And so it'd have to be there. Me, Sarah, Laramie, or Katie is the only four people that I know of that's, you know, ever, ever pulled the trigger on, on solo. There was a few times that, uh, if, if solo beat Wupal, it was going to be because of, because of Laramie, you know, he would, he would haul into a couple of events. So that, I always thought that was, that was pretty cool. That's the kind of sport that we're in. So speaking of kind of some of the growth that bull riding is going through right now, Bonner Bolden has brought to the table a platform for fantasy bull riding. And as a former sports guy, fantasy sports are very popular amongst MLB, NFL fans. What do you know about Rank Ride and what do you think it can add to the experience for a fan? Oh, I, I definitely think it could add to the experience. I mean, you you take anything any, anything going on, in it, but if, if you put a little skin in the game. If you, you, you invest in it or, or you say, I I'm, I'm making a commitment that this one is better than that one, or this is what it's going to be. I think it always makes it a little bit more entertaining. Maybe that's it. You got a, a better reason to follow a better, better reason to, to root something on or to root against something else. Yeah. I, th- I think it's a, it's a pretty cool addition to, to, to bull riding. You know, we're, we're always looking at different, different stats, different breeding programs, different training uh, stuff for for all the the writers. It's, it's cool that I feel like the fans now can look at the same information, can study the same thing, and make that same in, investment uh, on on the other end. I'm, I'm rooting on. I think it's a pretty cool deal. The PBR announced their team league, and you got named the coach of the Oklahoma Freedom. What did that mean to you to be a part of the team series number one, but then be named a head coach? What does that mean to you well, personally? Uh, originally when they announced it in New York, it, it was such a, a huge, huge honor. I mean, just to, to be one of those eight guys, the you know original team coaches, but uh, you know, you go back to the hotel room that night, you don't sleep at all. You're thinking of different strategies of like what to do, how to do it, you know, how to make the the, the best group of guys that you can. So it is, it is a, a little bit of added stress. I mean, I hate to, I hate to put it straight that way, but uh, you gotta, you gotta go win. I mean, I think that's any, any coach that's out there, uh, you know, figuring out your strategy, you know, how, how you're going to go about it, uh, you know, what group of guys you're going to draft, you know, how you're going to coach them, what your style is going to be, you know, so then you even go back to, you know, what, what, what do I wish I would have known, wish I would have studied, wish I would have had as, as I was going through, you know, steps one, two, three, four, uh, you know, I want to give it to those guys. And then you, you watch bull riding a little different. Maybe I need three lefties, three righties. And, you know, now I, I, I stand behind the shoots and I, I watch every every guy a little bit different. You know, for, for a while, I feel like I just watched the bulls. But now you you, you want to see their tendencies. And, and not that you're picking away those, picking apart those guys riding. I mean, these are the top 35 bull riders in the world. Uh, so, you know, there's you know, only so much coaching you do. You talk about baseball, you know, by the time they get to college or majors, you know, they've kind of already picked their style and this is how, this is how they got there. There's only so much you can change, but you also, you know, look at little tidbit things that you're like, Hey man, you just, this is, it's a, you know, a little, little thing here. You ever, you ever thought about that? So, uh, you know, you, you, you kind of look at the bull riding a little bit different knowing that you're a head coach now. In your opinion, what does the team series do for current and future generations of bull riders? Well, um, I, I guess I'm just with everybody else on that. You just 
hope and pray that it's a it's a huge positive thing you know for for bull riding you know lord willing i'll i'll have a boy someday and, and maybe he'll want to ride bulls and i already have a bunch of nephews that you know probably going to be involved anyways but uh yeah i mean i i think you've you heard it before of just leaving the the better footprint behind us than uh we showed up with and uh man i, I think i just i came at the right time in life it feels like you know from the start it's everything has continued to get better and more opportunity the whole time and i think this is just another another step and an opportunity for the the young guys there there's there's opportunity there but you got to have the appreciation and, and go get it yourself too that's something that you know each of those guys got to work out themselves but uh, i think there's big opportunity you know when we we start uh you know drafting those guys every year that coaches and managers you know even the players are going to start looking forward to turning 18 years old and and hope for that draft you know just like in other sports that uh you know that we have this big banquet and you know little cowboys sitting around round tables and and going up to make the announcement oklahoma freedom has first round draft pick and we pick joe blow I mean, it could they could put put your put your name in there and that guy could you know sign a five-year multi-million dollar contract i mean we we could be that you know not that we're not a major league sport but we could pay our guys like they are as well so i i play a lot of fantasy sports so i've done numerous snake drafts in my life and that's the kind of draft you're going to have coming up here you're going to have the eighth and ninth pick or eighth eighth and ninth picks have you already been kind of formulating a game plan as far as who you think might be there and who you're kind of targeting with those picks Yes, I mean, like I have a uh, a full running roster or list of cowboys on the, uh, you know, on my phone. I feel like anytime I get a break or I get done with the bull riding, I might, you know, make little little notes in there. So I mean, you're 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 scouting them all. I think you know those those top ten guys in the PBR. I think top ten guys in the world. I think a lot of people will, will see them face value, and I, I think when you start getting the that second round is when there's going to be a lot of difference of opinions and. I like this guy better than that guy. You know, I, uh, I like his, I like his training mentality and, you know, I, I like where this guy's going in life, you know, wh- whatever. I think there might be difference of, of opinions, but uh, you know, we're, we're all picking from the same group of guys or, or, or drafting from them. You know, I think there's just going to be difference of, of opinions on some of those on uh, who, who, who he thinks better than others. And then you, you want to make your team. I mean, if you're, if your strategy is, is X, Y, Z and you, you're looking for a, a team captain and, you know, and uh, a leader, you want to want some youth, whatever that you want to add to it. You know, I think well, each team going to kind of be looking for different things, you know, each, each, each draft pick. Rank ride fantasy bull riding is free to play in 2022. Make your picks for PBR riders and bulls and get in on the action. The year end champion will receive a VIP trip for two to PBR world finals in Fort Worth, Texas, and a custom rank ride bragging rights buckle. Follow rank ride Facebook and keep up with great giveaways on the rank ride fantasy Instagram page. Rank ride fantasy, your connection to the Western lifestyle you love. Sign up to play free at rankridefantasy.com. Man, listening to Cord talk about, you know, him being a head coach for this team deal really has me excited for the team draft that's coming up here in roughly a month, little over a month after the World Finals get over in Fort Worth. I'm really excited about it, and I think a lot of other people are too. We're getting close to that. It's time for people to start picking their teams, and I'm excited to see how it all shakes out, no doubt about it. But... Our next interview in this mix-up is going to be with Bonner Bolton and Slade Long. So we didn't know that Slade was going to jump on the call when it happened when we recorded this. It was a spontaneous thing. We didn't have that much time to prepare. But I think anybody who knows and pays attention to PBR knows Bonner's story, knows that he had a really bad wreck. He had to deal with that, face the challenges with it, and he's done an outstanding job in just trying to get Rank Ride going and give fans an opportunity to really get involved with the skin in the game aspect of other sports and bring it to professional bull riding. I'm all for it. I'm all behind it. I love fantasy sports. But besides the the rank ride aspect of this, Bonner's just a really interesting guy. He's really intelligent. He knows he knows a lot about a lot of different stuff and has found a way to turn life's challenges into success. And I respect the heck out of this guy. So sit back and relax. And here's Bonner and Slade. Hey, everybody. Uh, James and Cooper here. And we're 
blessed to be joined by uh, one of my really good friends that I've known for over a decade, uh, the one and only Bonner Blue Bolton. I'll back up a little bit. I, I grew up in Odessa, Texas, out in, way out in West Texas, kind of close to El Paso. And I grew up on a big ranch out there. And my mom's side of the family is all ranchers, and that ranch has been around since 1903. So I grew up horseback, being a cowboy, and used to watch my dad's old videos and look at his pictures on the wall, and that's where they messed up right there. That's <laughs> that's when it all got started. Well, me and my brother used to jump on each other's backs in the living room and buck around on the trampoline and We'd ride anything that moved, the goats in the goat pen, calf in the calf pen, used to get on calves in the Brandon pen. We'd pick up dad's old suitcase, pull them out of the closet and get that handle suitcase back when there used to be handle suitcases, if you remember that. And, oh, yeah. And we'd just jump around, buck around on that suitcase. <laughs> so to answer your question directly, yes, my dad is the major, major reason, and I think it just we were born with it. Like, I think even before that, like just riding horses or anything, we just loved riding growing up. So that's one interesting thing. You bring up horses because I think there's a direct correlation between time on horseback and success riding bulls. Would you agree with that, Bonner? Oh, a hundred percent. Excuse me. I'm uh, smoking a cigar right now, but yeah, I, I believe riding horseback is one of the best things for anybody to try to beat around a horse or there's a saying, uh, I believe Woodrow Wilson or one of those, those great men back then said, uh, there's nothing better for the inside of a man than the outside of a horse. And or I think maybe Ronald Reagan said that at one point, maybe he quoted somebody else, but that's a true statement. I, I can vouch for that growing up, like being around horses, being horseback taught me more than anything else I've ever learned about myself and about being a cowboy and just being a good person in general. When you start to understand a, a horse, you begin to understand humans better too, I think. That's Did it. you ever try anything different besides bull riding? I know your brother at one point was a saddle bronc rider. Um, that's a good question. I did try saddle bronc riding and that's a good story too, because I tried it twice in college and, uh, I thought watching my brother in high school and college, you know, damn, that looks cool. I, I'm going to try that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he made it look easy. My brother's a really talented bronc rider. Uh, shout out to my brother Brody. And he is one of the most renowned, uh, custom leather craftsman out there in, in the u.s so anybody that wants a good custom leather product check out 3b leather on instagram so brody yeah he's always been one of my heroes and in college i tried to jump on a couple bronx in the college practice pen and the first time i got on the lowest horse in the picking order you know probably the, the least uh difficult horse to ride and they called him Technicolor. He was a big brown and white paint horse, big old fat, just sorry, son of a bitch. And, uh, he uh, was a lot of fun, though. They put all the beginners on him, and I rode him pretty well. I rode him with the same hand I ride bulls with, and that was my right hand. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to do this. And I felt too much like I was kind of riding bull. So the next time I switched hands, I got him rode, and, and he didn't do much. So that felt too easy. So the next time I picked the best horse in the pen and <laughs> I went ahead and picked a wolf boy and wolf boy was for back then. I mean, all those college guys, I think would have kind of equivalented him to a 85, 87 point horse at a pro rodeo. Like, yeah. And, uh, gosh, dang, I switched hands. I said, hell, I'm going to ride with my horseback riding hand. I'm going to go left hand this time. <laughs> and build up my left hand, my left arm. And so I switched hands. And I mean, he stood me up in my stirrups, the second jump, piled me up on my head so hard out there. Felt like somebody took a Louisville slugger to my head. And I said, y'all can have this shit. It's, <laughs> it's a lot further to the ground off these horses. <laughs> so has that yeah. always been your personality, though? Kind of just 
jump on off into the deep end. Like, let's see if we're going to sink or swim here. I honestly, I think so, because that's kind of how dad started us out. I mean, he, he let us get on some pretty rank shit over our head from the word go. And I think that, and when we started riding bulls, me and my brother, my brother also rode bulls too and rode really good. He was probably more naturally talented than me, to be honest with you. And, um, I really wasn't that naturally talented. I had to work really hard at it, but I just loved it so much. And my dad really had a big part to do and how me and Brody learned, you know, my dad rode pretty good and really taught us the basics uh, starting out, made us really practice a lot on the barrel and learn and understand our mechanics and workout regimen and routine and built that drive into us even before he let us start competing, you know, and I've really seen that express itself in Rocker Steiner and Sid Steiner, the way the Steiner family has trained their offspring. <laughs> I was going to say that they're, they've got a good bloodline going over there, but also a good mindset and, and just overall philosophy on life. They're champions for men and uh, just good living altogether and really try to showcase that in their lifestyle and how they treat people and, and live their life. And it shows, you know, and they're just champions in life more than the arena. And I've, I've learned a lot from those guys, but my dad was sort of that same way, but threw me and Brody off out there in the competition and in the deep end in the practice pin right off the bat to see if we wanted it that bad, you know, and I think really test us and, and we did. We got wrecked out a lot, but kept getting back up and getting back after it and uh, just loved it and took off from there. And uh, some of the best advice I ever heard was Chase Outlaw's grandpa, Sam. He looked like Yosemite Sam from the <laughs> Arkansas Hills. He's a. Hey, uh, back off these Arkansas folks now. Yeah. I, yeah, no offense. That's uh, Chase Outlaw is one of my best friends in the world. And. My brother, I love him to death and his family, and they've taught me some of the most valuable lessons in my life, I, I can say, and uh, this is one of them. His grandpa told me one time, and I quote, in order to be successful in life, you have to learn how to improvise, adapt, and overcome, you know, and that that is truly the recipe for success. I've learned in and out and tried to do it all kinds of ways, and that's the most you know, bulletproof, sure enough, way to grow and get better in life is to improvise, adapt, and overcome and, and try to learn and get hands-on with whatever you're doing. A lot of people know you, you were on Dancing with the Stars, and Ty Murray even said after he did it that if he were still competing, that he would recommend ballroom dancing as far as getting in shape for it. Is that something that you would actually look into and recommend for other guys, whether they're on Dancing with the Stars or just doing it to train? A hundred percent. I definitely believe that my balance and my overall agility and coordination got so much better than it even was before when I was a bull rider. My body's not as durable as it used to be, but those mechanics and functions got better Whereas even just three or four months before that, I was just barely able to run and walk again and get around well after seven months after I broke my neck. Since we have both of you guys here, you guys are a big part of why rank rides a thing now. What was really the motivation as far as wanting to get into the, the fantasy sports realm of things? It's gotten really popular with a lot of other sports, but what made you really think it would work with bull riding specifically. So I had a brand builder uh, come to me, you know, after some of the modeling and stuff what led us to that conversation. I wanted to sort of direct some of that. Well, really at that time, I put all of my career earnings, bull riding and modeling and all the other stuff directly out of my own pocket into this to get it started. And then a small group of friends and family, uh, shout out to Chase Outlaw. <laughs> Some other guys that I'm good friends with, Bren Roy, uh, my mom and dad, my grandparents, Jerry Davis, our biggest investor. Awesome group of people and developers came together, such as Slade Long and uh, 
some of our other team members, Lori Burt, Hornback, Jim Deerman, Michelle Sly. Uh, she helped found Ride TV. Our idea for this was simply based on the fact that there's nothing like it out there in the market. We see it working in all the other sports. It creates such a great community among you and your friends to be able to interact and kind of compete against each other and get that living room beef going with your <laughs> whoever your friends are. Something to get excited and spill, spill your beer over if you win you know, some money and awesome giveaways. So we felt like it was just a great way for fans to get connected to the sport and each other and uh, everybody just to have more fun with what's already fun. And now we're moving into this whole team series thing with PBR where records and stats have never become more important for team draft picks and, you know, who's... Yeah, that's going to be an interesting, interesting thing when the teams come around because sometimes the bull riders themselves have a hard time picking what would be the best bull for them to me when they're allowed to pick. Uh, if I could pick for all of them, I've seen a lot of cases where I would have picked a different bull. But it makes sense to me, that whole process, because bull riding is such a streaky sport. A guy can be hot for four weeks, and then he can be cold for two months. So it makes sense that, that they move around a lot. That's what makes it one of the hardest sports to do what we're trying to do with it. In order to provide the most accurate information to the player, to the consumer of the game and the product, and Nobody's really got it perfectly dialed in yet, but we've got a good head start. And we do provide odds on every matchup, which is, uh, you know, very unique to us as a brand that's part of our IP. And one of the things that we're proud of with Slade and our team that we've developed and being able to run the odds on every matchup, and I think that's going to become more and more valuable for these teams to really use that process in line with their their picks and their their matches for their their team players i think overall there's a lot of people who make a lot of money now playing fantasy sports which is good for anybody new listening to your podcast to know who doesn't understand fantasy sports i mean plain and simple you got a dog in the fight when you come to our website you you pick your favorite riders and your favorite bulls to create your own fantasy team uh, it's like being a team owner, but just virtually online. And that's the funnest part to me is because everybody's always before we came along or any of those other things, everybody in our sport has always had their money riding on somebody privately behind the scenes. And we're just trying to make that broadly available to people. So Whoopa has definitely changed his tracks as of late. He's not as, a surefire bet to stay to the left. You know? He's definitely switched his program up. And that's what's good for people listening to your podcast. You know, let me back up to that last statement too. It makes podcasts and what we're doing here so much more valuable for this inside type of information. People within the sport who know what's going on to educate the listeners about the sport. There's not enough of that in the TV uh, broadcast from week to week that People just kind of get the bare raw action. Um, this really explains the how and the why. And just you, the average viewer who doesn't, who's never ridden bulls would not know, but these animals can get smarter and are highly intelligent. And Whoopaw is one of those for sure. He, I rode bulls for, I guess, 19 years and Slade rode bulls for how long? I'm about 15 to 17, I bet. Yes, sir, and, and was a pro bull rider himself. And uh, Slade's been doing disruptive things in the technology space with the industry since. Well, how long has Pro Bulls Bull Stats been there? Since 1999. Since 1999, back when uh, the rise of Bone Thugs and Harmony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, even, I was already thirty something by then, so I don't know who Bone Thugs and Harmony are. Oh, yeah, you did, too. We know you were bumping Bone Thugs and Harmony while you were typing on the keyboard. <laughs> I, was probably, I was probably listening to Metallica back then. It was really fun getting to interview Bonner and Slade. I'd never gotten to talk to Slade before, and what an intelligent guy to think of the Pro Bull Stats concept and just look at things through a different lens. 
which is never a bad thing when you're talking about wanting to grow the industry, grow the sport. You need people to think outside the box a little bit, no doubt about it. So we definitely hope to have those two on again at some point down the road. They were definitely interesting to talk to. But next, we'll get into our interview with Casey Decker. And I didn't know much about Casey before we started. James had known him for a long time. But man, Casey's an incredible individual. He's got his hands in a lot of different types of businesses, from the Bucking Bulls to CBD to all sorts of different stuff, production. He's got he's got a lot on his plate, no doubt about it. Just an awesome guy. You can tell the passion he has for the sport of bull riding and rodeo. So kick back, relax, and here is Casey Decker. Both of our really good friend, Bonner Bolton, had a huge part in creating a fantasy bull riding called RankRideFantasy.com. And what are your thoughts on that? And how is that going to increase the uh, viewership, increase the butts in the seat, so to speak, at, at bull ridings? Oh, I think it's a great deal that he's doing. I mean, honestly, you know, there's never been anything done like this with rodeo before. And I think it's awesome. It's something, you know, a new aspect of it and something that will bring in fans and bring in a new base because. Like I talked before, you know, we have to have new fans. We have to have new people in the industry to make this industry keep growing and to evolve. Well, part of the evolution of this is being able to be on the same level as all the other sporting events and all the other sports teams and all the other sports in the United States or around the world for that matter. And everything else has a fantasy, you know, fantasy league. So it's awesome that he's doing something where people can go on, compete. They don't necessarily have to be part of the sport, but it actually puts them involved with the sport and allows them to be part of the sport by allowing them to participate in something as far as gambling, you know, betting on it, guessing, playing the fantasy side of it. So I think it's something that's awesome for the industry. And I think, I mean, it's going to continue to grow and I don't see where it could ever go wrong, especially when you see as big as, you know, fantasy football is and, you know, all these different things that people do. Even like the March Madness, how people are doing, you know, the different things with March Madness, different fantasy brackets, things like that. I mean, it's the same aspect. It's just a different sport and it's definitely going to grow and it'll get more people involved. I think the one unique part about fantasy sports is the the biggest demographic in it is 18 to 34 year olds. And that's where you're going to get new fans that are going to stay hooked for 30, 40, 50 years is that demographic. And if you can reach people that maybe aren't even, like you said, bull riding or rodeo fans and get them interested in it and wanting to play. Like, I think it does nothing but help the sport grow. Oh, I agree with that. And being able to help the sport grow and being able to do things like that. And like you said, 18 through 34, those are the people that are the main ticket buyers, right? So those are the people that are going to put butts in the seats because those are the people that are looking to do things on the weekends. Those are the people that are going to go out and want to go out and have fun and be part of the sports and be active, you know? So that's it, you know, being in that demographic, that's a huge part of it, I believe. And I, I think it's, I mean, I think it's great. I think it's going to help our sport grow tremendously. So we were kind of talking about this last night with Bonner and it's kind of been a thing in rodeo for a long time. Like with Calcutta's, like those are pretty popular at different events and people love them. Like they love to have skin in the game. And I think adding fantasy to it on a virtual level gives more people the opportunity to really put their foot down and say, Hey, this guy is going to win this deal. He's going to do well. And anytime you have that in involved with watching a product, like you're going to be more vested in it. You're going to be more interested, more excited. You're going to be more likely to tune into it and be excited about it. So I think overall, like it's just like you said, the, the growth of the sport is so important right now because we're kind of like you mentioned too, a dying breed, right? Like there was a time being cowboy was cool, but it's kind of gotten away from that. And Yellowstone's helping that to an extent, but anything that can add to that, I think is good for the industry. And we need that in our industry right now. Oh, I agree with that. And, you know, speaking of Calcutta's, you know, you go to Calcutta's and you see people that are just there hanging out, just sitting in the seats, you know, that will be involved in the Calcutta's just because they're sports fans and they like to bet. And that's what this is allowing. It's not just so much about, you know, any kind of bull riding fans, you know, it's about sports fans in general and people that are willing to bet on something and like to bet on things. It's going to get more people involved and the more people that are involved, the better. And the more people we can put in the seats, the better. You know, it's overall, the more money that's coming into the industry is better. And, you know, 
even people that get on and they might be a sports fan, maybe they own a big company and they bet on something in the fantasy deal. They decide they like it next year. They're a sponsor, right? So that's, that's a big part of it. And that's what helps with the growth is just getting out there and diversifying in different ways to figure out the best way to make it, you know, manageable for other people to be part of the sport as well, even though that they aren't part of it and maybe they don't want to own cattle. Maybe they don't want to go to the rodeos, but at least they're supporting our sport in different ways. Uh, what started the Buckers Unlimited? You just didn't have the opportunities up there and you just wanted to create your own little bucking fraturities and things like that around your area? Yeah, so what, what we did with that is, you know, we have all these cattle and we never had anywhere to really take them other than travel south, you know, 10, 12 hours. So I started putting on uh, just open fraturities at my house and then a couple other people did. So I formed a team of people around here in Colorado and we decided to start Buckers Unlimited. I was the first person to ever co-sanction anything with the ABBI, any outside event other than ABBI events. I was the first one to get that done. You know, I was the first one to ever like, well, Chase Love had done it before, I guess too, but you know, Chase Love and I, we put on sales and do the, you know, incentive the very next day. That way people could buy their bulls next day. You do an incentive that way, you know, you might spend some money on a bull, but you can win your money back the very next day, you know? So you know, we've started that. We've done a bunch of different things, you know, for the industry that are good. And, you know, it's just up here, there's nowhere to go. So it offers people a place from, you know, South Dakota, North Dakota, Wyoming, Colorado, Nebraska, a place for us all to compete where we don't have to drive as far south. And I mean, they're just as professional of events as well as they're, you know, all sanctioned with the ABBI. So you can get your ABBI points. You can, you know, if you don't want to do your ABBI points, you don't even have to bring a registered animal. You know, as long as the animal's of age, I can tell if you're bringing three-year-old to the two-year-old class or two-year-old to the yearling class. So, you know, it's kind of on the honor system in that point. But, you know, we don't care what you have as long as you bring something that bucks. That's what we're looking for. Something pretty cool coming up in Fort Worth with Chancey Williams. Yeah, know, so we're doing the, uh, yeah, we're going to do the, we're putting on the ABBI Derby and the uh, PBR after party. So we got Chancey Williams. He's going to be there. He's going to play. And then we're going to do the Derby, the ABBI Derby for the bull riding there. So we originally scheduled it, you know, is, is going to be Chancey and is going to be, you know, a 20,000 added bull ride. And then, you know, at the end of the day, We'd had it scheduled for a while and the PBR decided to change their schedule, you know, as far as their finals goes to May. And we already had that date secured at the Will Rogers. And, you know, instead of there's no way we can compete with somebody like that, especially the PBR finals. So we just decided, you know, instead of trying to do something on our own, we decided to work with them. So it made it a little bit easier and it helped with our marketing as well as it helped them get an after party and, you know, another, we're going to do a 10,000 added bull ride and put some money to the, you know, the derby class for the heritage. So it'll be, you know, we're going to put up some bonus money and, uh, you know, just try and make it a really good bull ride for anybody that didn't make the finals that wants to be involved. Oh, right on. Or do you know if they're going to make it like a, like a, one of the first like challengers or touring pros or anything like that? Just to know. No, but it'll just be part of my, now it'll just be an ABBI that'll be part of my series. So we have, you know, we put on a bunch of big bull rides throughout the year. And, um, you know, this will be probably the second biggest one. Um, you know, we do brush. I told you about brush. That's over last year. I think it was the second biggest event maturity event other than the american heritage or i guess the finals but you can't really count the finals but we had 280 entries i think 110 wow. yearlings we bought paid 10 grand to win it we're gonna try and pay twelve thousand to win the bull ride this year you know and i pay 10 grand cash like i go get cash from the bank and i hold 10 grand cash and whoever wins it i give them 10 grand cash right there so i mean for being an open bull riding it was you know it's pretty much the biggest open bull riding around as far as the most the well the best paying open bull riding that you can go to and you know so we have this whole series that we do and i'll have probably six or seven others you know that we do throughout the year that are big ones i got one here in my hometown that i live in now well brush was my hometown that's where i grew up and now i live in bennett so we'll have a big bull riding in bennett where we just uh we got the city got little texas to come in so we're gonna have you know a big concert during that it's a town festival and we do it right in park so it's a i mean it's a pretty cool event and that'll be our bull team finals because we do, you know, this whole bull team series throughout the summer too. Right on. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. So when you guys are doing these events, when you're talking derby bulls or classic bulls or even a bull team, 
Do you guys do bring your own rider or is it a random draw on the rider end of it? So what I do at my bull rides at the, uh, I, I let guys pick their bulls. I don't do random draw. I don't do anything like that. I let guys pick their bulls. And then if you're, if it's a bull team event, you can bring your own rider. If it's a classic, we urge you to bring your own rider. But you know, at the end of the day, if bulls aren't covered, I let guys pick what they want to get on. I don't care what they get on. I just want to give them money. Like I want them to ride. I want them to make the whistle. So I want them to get on bulls that they know they can ride. You know, that makes for a better show and it makes them their confidence better. It makes bull riders better. It gives them a little money in their pocket so they can travel more, hit more bull riding. So, I mean, a lot of people like the random draw, but at the end of the day, I don't really care what they get on. If they get, they find something they want to get on and they think they can ride it. If they're 82 points and they didn't pick enough bull, that's on them. So speaking of guitar pickers at this event at the finals in Fort Worth, was Chancey Williams like the number one pick? Because I really like him. I've seen him like, I think four or five, six times, something like that. And I've never been disappointed. So was he like right up there at the top of the, the list to get for that deal? Yeah, he's who we originally wanted to have for it. So that's, uh, you know, I know him. I know Ray Tom, one of his guys that he's actually in charge of like his merchandise and things. And I've been friends with Ray Tom for a long time. And, you know, those guys, those guys are great people. And I mean, they're good to work with. They're easy to deal with. So he was our first choice right away, right off the bat. And, uh, that's who we wanted to go with. So that's why we called him and got him booked. So yeah, awesome. I've, I've met him a couple times when I've seen him play and like, you're not going to meet a nicer guy, just like humble. Like he talks to everybody, you know, really thankful for his fans. The first time I ever seen him, it was in a podunk college bar in the town I was going to college in and he was opening for a cover band. And that was only like six, seven years ago. So that shows you how far he's really came in a short amount of time. He's gotten really, really popular. Yeah, no, I remember when I was in college, I, he used to play the uh, Casper College Rodeo all the time there at the Beacon, back when it was the old Beacon, and uh, when it was that little bitty building right across from the fairgrounds or whatever, and uh, yeah, he used to play there, you know, after the College Rodeo, and man, it was a good time. That's the first time I ever met him was in was during then, and then, you know, I met him a few times after that, you know, in Laramie, where we'd go party after he played, and you know, things like that, back when he was in Laramie and that was, I mean, that was still when I was in college, I guess, probably. So I've been around him for a long time and seen him play for a long time. And his band is, you know, stellar and he's a great musician and songwriter. So, you know, he was our number one choice and he's who we wanted because like I said, we try and stick together as far as cowboys are. And there's so many country artists you can get that aren't actual cowboys. And it's cool to have somebody that is a cowboy and, you know, just help push them along as much as possible. You know, I think as far as like Fort Worth goes too, I mean, it's, not only is it good to get Chancey and have his, uh, you know, his fan base, but being the PBR finals and being like the after party that's going on there, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people that show up to it, you know, so hopefully it helps him gain some new fans, people that haven't seen him before, and people can understand, you know, what he's actually about, so. Speaking of that, is that why specifically that you got into the CBD game was for your own body? Partially why I got into it. I mean, another big part of it, it was, is, I mean, there's a, there's a huge market for it. And after I've seen the things that, you know, that it'll do for people and does for animals, you know, it's a, uh, it's a no brainer. And I mean, there's just so much, so many people that have decided to grow hemp and be involved in the industry now that it's a good industry industry to be in. And even though we're still at the beginning of it, it's still something that people enjoy and people need. And, you know, the big part about it is with that, same as anything else is trying to educate people on it because a lot of people don't know anything about it and you know being able to educate them about it and let them know you know this is not marijuana this is a hemp product this is what it can do for your body you know you have natural cannabinoids in your body that they attach to which actually helps your body grow and, you know a lot of people i've had people tell me you know they're allergic to cbd and i'm like that is the biggest line of crap i've ever heard because realistically the, there's only two places well, three places on the face of the planet that CBD is produced. It's a marijuana plant, the hemp plant, and a mammal mother's breast milk. So like when you're born, your mom's breastfeeding you, you're going to be getting CBD in your body anyways, because it's a natural immune system. It, you have natural cannabinoid reactors, receptors in your body that actually take that CBD and they actually attaches to them. And that's what helps keep you healthy. So a lot of people don't understand that. And a lot of people think that it's so bad, but then once they start seeing it or once they start utilizing it, and start seeing what it does for animals, start seeing what it does for them, start seeing what it does for anybody else, then, you know, you can actually stand behind it and realize that it's not as bad of a deal as everybody thinks it is. And, 
realistically, the only reason hemp ever got outlawed was because of the logging industry. Because, you know, all the people in the logging industry back in the day, they were all presidents, they were all, you know, politicians, things like that. They had all that money invested in logging and you can grow one field of hemp in six months compared to a tree that takes 10 years to grow, right? So you can make everything out of hemp that you can make out of a tree. And it's, uh, you know, it's just crazy that they even got outlawed in the first place. So, yeah, I've definitely dealt with people that have that, what you're talking about, the misconception about what CBD is, you know, and it's just misinformation. They just don't know when they do learn and realize that, yeah, it's not the, the marijuana that everybody, so some people kind of find the taboo in. I mean, I've seen it work. My dad uses it and he was in that camp, you know, kind of that generation where uh, blah, 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 that's bad stuff, but he likes it. And he said he has really good success with it. And if it helps him manage his pain, I'm all for it. No, my dad's the exact same way. He's the most anti-marijuana person you've ever met in your whole damn life. Like literally <laughs> no marijuana, no dope smoking, he calls it. None of that shit. He doesn't like any of that. He's 100% against it. Now, obviously, the, the state I live in, the times I live in, you drive anywhere, there's a marijuana shop on any damn corner that you drive by. But at the end of the day, my dad, he uses it as well. And once he started using the CBD, I started giving him crap. And he actually started using it because his wife's dog was getting old and that dog could hardly move around. So they started feeding that dog CBD and he swashed what it did to that dog. And he was like, oh man, that stuff's not too bad. So then he started taking it. Now he's like, it's like a drug to him. He's like, hey, I'm out of my CBD. I need some more of that. I'm like, okay. It was awesome getting to interview Casey and learn more about him. He's such a unique individual. I definitely look forward to getting to know him more as time goes on. And I hope you guys enjoyed the content with Casey. But before we wrap this up, I'd just like to apologize once again, guys. We It's been tough the last couple of weeks for us to get regular content out. I've been doing this little run with the PBR and it's been busy. When we aren't working, we're trucking. It's been a really busy 10-day stretch. And that's part of the side of the industry that people don't see when you're watching on TV is it takes a lot of work to put these events on. So as much as I like as much bull riding on TV as possible, these weekday bull ridings really create a lot of work for everybody involved with the PBR. So just keep them in your in your thoughts because it takes a lot of work and it's definitely been a run. But we're here in Tulsa now. We're getting ready. We're going to start working tomorrow for the UTB event this weekend. I believe it's a classic night on Friday night here. So we're going to have the younger up and coming superstar animal athletes in the house. It's going to be a good weekend of bull riding and I'm excited for it. I will leave everybody's social medias in the episode notes if you want to look any of these guys up. And thanks for being patient with us, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Uh, It's not ideal. I get that. But we're doing what we can right now with the situation we have. So thanks for tuning in. We appreciate everybody who's listening and supported us. It's meant a lot. So thanks, guys. And until next time, have a great week and come back and visit us again from the back pens.